it makes us sick. We're going to Guys, I wish you could see Summer. I'm gonna. I have to post a clip from this week. I, I have to. She, I get on this. I get the call, and she is looking at me with a hair roller, pink, pink eyes, and a pink heart. And I literally went. <gasps> it's like when I stand in your kitchen yes. and I'm just minding my own business. Oh my god! What did Amalia did that scared me the other day. Oh no, I like kind of tripped over our table a little and fell onto my couch and I went, oh, and just started cracking up. She's like, why do you always make the funniest noises? It's so funny. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your moment of desperation this week? Um, gee whiz, I guess we're starting with me. Um, do you mind if we start with you? I guess it's fine. It's just, you know, weird for the super fans. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting jarred. They're getting a little rocked. But um, I had a lovely two weeks with my parents visiting. I wish they would move here. Um, My dad is so unintentionally funny, by the way. Like, I'll get into it. But basically, he was sitting in the back of the car because he refused to drive or be in the front seat for the rest of the week. And he will, like, my mom and I will be arguing about something in the front or, like, just having a complete, just having a conversation. And he'll be in the back of the car going what street is this what street is this where are we where are we now <laughs> oh and just like making these comments and they were stuck in like really bad um traffic on ventura like a couple days before and we were flying through like around the same time of day like on van eyes and he just goes wow look at this street oh fuck ventura i guess <laughs> oh fuck ventura like it was so funny in his accent he's just sitting in the back of the car <laughs> There's always construction going on always. at your place. Always. Always. Stop. Did you see a super fan tagged us in a st- – don't cr- – are you crying? No, I'm fine. I'm fine. A super fan tagged our podcast in a Snape AI Valentine thing on TikTok. They know – they know really well, yeah you talk about it well yeah but i've gotten tagged in that a few times now so the fact that they tagged the podcast is funny they tagged the podcast yeah um but anyway so last weekend my parents and i went to palm springs for the day to visit one of my dad's really good friends who lives down there in i'm not gonna i won't dox him but in a really nice area and um he so we're driving there and my parents, again, they live on the East Coast. They don't know how to the, – the L.A. freeway system is unlike anything else. You don't just get on the freeway and go straight. Right. Like anywhere else, I would assume, I don't – you have to keep merging back and forth, back and forth. It's stupid, and that's why I prefer not to do it. So my dad decides to drive, and he's like, I'll drive. Your mother will drive on the way back. I refuse to – when my parents are in town, I'm not driving. I'm like, take the keys. Um <laughs> So we get on bright and early at 7 a.m. First of all, he says we're picking you up at 7.45. And one thing about me is I will be on time, but I'm getting ready at the very last second. So it's 7 a.m. I'm still laying in bed. And he calls me and he goes, we're ready. Can we pick you up now? And I was like, 
At 7 a.m. for what? For Literally for what? So they pick me up. I'm down there at 7.40. And we get in the car. And he's driving. He gets on the 101. And then there's this part of the 101. We took it to go to Disneyland. The 101's here. You have to get on the 134. So mm-hmm. he, my mom and I are lightly chatting. My dad misses his turn. He misses like there's a point but the problem was he's driving so fast and we're like you don't have to be you don't know these roads you don't have to be driving this fast like just slow down so you can see around you so he's driving so fast he misses the opportunity to get on the 134 he starts having a meltdown (laughs) he has a zach young freak out he literally has zach young freak out so i was like me being calm i said it's okay the gps will reroute you like we'll just go a different way and he goes no that's going to take us 40 miles out of the way. ETA didn't change, by the way. So I was like, okay, just pull over and we'll we'll figure it out. So like, just, just get off at an exit. So we were in the middle of, um, in the middle. And one thing about my dad is like, nothing's ever his fault. So he's blaming my mom. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's like, Jennifer, this is all your fault because you're yapping, yapping, yapping. And I was like, Okay, I usually think she's annoying too, but this time she really wasn't. <laughs> like, it's rare I'll take her side, but this time she truly wasn't doing anything. <laughs> so we get off in Los Feliz. We're in this really nice, like, Los Feliz neighborhood. LF? LF, sure. And oh, I miss LF. Remember that store? No. You don't remember? You never went to LF? No, where was that? It was a store. There was one in Soho. There was one on the Upper East Side. Actually, I don't miss it. It was a crazy place. You would walk in and it would look like your messy closet. It would oh. just look like a girl's messy closet. There would be clothes all over the place. That sounds awful. Very mildewy. Yeah, but the clothes were nice. So I'm calmly being telling my dad, I'm like, just let, like, just let my mom drive. Like, it's fine. My mom's like, seriously. I know these roads a little bit better. Like, just let me drive. We're kind of scared of my dad's driving at this point. He starts shaking his fist. And he's like, oh, you know why I'm letting you drive? Because I'm going to kick you out of the car. And we were like, I was cracking up. I've never seen him this upset. And I was like, we didn't do anything. You missed the turn. This is your fault. It was you such. Did this. It was such like a classic sitcom. I felt like I was on like Chevy Chase vacation or something. Like, it was <laughs> modern you, family. You man. were. I sent it, this to Chevy Chase vacation. <laughs> <laughs> it was truly something else. I was like, "What is that going is hilarious. on?" I was like, "It's not a big deal." So then my mom gets in the. Uh, my mom gets in the driver's seat then I switch I go in the front seat to help her with the GPS oh so he had to go in the back yeah but then he chose to go in the back for the rest of the week I was like do you want to sit in front (laughs) he goes no I'm not allowed to drive and I'm not qualified to drive in Los Angeles anymore and we're like you it wasn't our fault. And he kept saying, if I was by myself, I would have been in Palm Springs an hour earlier. And I'm like, no, you wouldn't have. No, you wouldn't have. You don't know how oh, to drive here. It's my different. God. He's so crazy. So then the whole time, my mom's doing fine. But then there was one point where she did miss the exit. Again, very confusing because you take an exit to get on another freeway. It's stupid. And 
maybe if the United States government wasn't so closely tied to the automobile industry, we would have high-speed rail instead of freeways. Tell them, Chris. Wait, what is that? What is that conspiracy? Well, I just think about it. Like, okay, the automobile industry is, you make so much money that they're never going to give us like high-speed rail or easier public transportation. It's just roads and cars. That's bone chilling. Because of how much money you have to spend to get your car looked at, anything. Like, it's so expensive and it just fuels the economy, gas, that they're just never going to get rid of it. But I would love to have a little – my dad said if we had a high-speed rail between New York and Los Angeles, we'd get there in 12 hours. What? That doesn't seem safe. They do it in other countries. They do it in Japan and Europe. They have high-speed rail. Wow. It's all over the world, just not here. So why will they do it in other places? Don't other places have cars? Yeah, but this is the only car-centric country. Really? Pretty much, yeah. If you go to Europe, there's a high-speed rail from, like, Madrid to Seville. And that's, like, the middle of the country all the way to the bottom. It takes, like, an hour and a half. I like how you say Seville. Seville. Sevilla. Yeah, so he missed – whenever she would, like, miss an exit, again, ETA never changed. He would be in the back, like (laughs) – Wow. (laughs) just, like – you need to calm down he's on another one it was really wild no offense but oh my god (laughs) no it was crazy i was like what is your problem i'm like (laughs) you're just not a safe driver i think after a few decades people need to take driver's ed like they need to take the driver's test again yes they do my both my parents like my mom is a great driver and both of them through like really bad weather they're great my mom driving on the streets of los angeles terrifying on the freeway oh my god she won't put on her blinker there was one time she took my car like to get a car wash and you know how they like take bring the mirrors in sometimes she drove all the way home with the mirrors in (gasps) what and i was like no, that's really dangerous. Not, that's not even funny. That's dangerous. Did you not check your mirrors the whole time? But on the freeway, she does great. My dad, fine on the streets because it's like Puerto Rico. The freeway's here. He's just trying to go too fast. Wow. Um, they they really should be helping each other. No, they're crazy. They are the craziest people. And they're so lucky I have a frontal lobe now because now I just think it's funny. I'm like, okay. But anyway, Palm Springs was lovely, and I want to go. Next time you come, we should go. They, there is a train. There's an Amtrak that goes there from downtown L.A. Wait, that sounds fun. Because also my dad's way of seeing things is just driving through. So we're driving around Palm Springs with his friend, and we're not getting out of the car. And I'm like, I would like to explore. Oh, you know what? That makes sense because when I came to Puerto Rico and I was with you and your dad and my mom – we were just in the car. Yes, he does that. And I'm like, he's like, this is this, this is this. And I'm like, can we get out of the car? And he goes, no. <laughs> what was your moment of desperation? You know what, Christy? I am not super accustomed to seeing celebrities. But as you and I talked about on our Jesse Metcalf Patreon video, I 
have this tendency when I see celebrities to just say hi mm -hmm. because I recognize them and in my brain I know them and they know me even if we've never met which of course uh, we haven't so I was working at my job and who walks in but Millie Bobby Brown of Stranger Things fame and her fiance Jake Bon Jovi of being Bon Jovi's son fame so I didn't say hi, actually. I blacked out. Mm -hmm. They walked in. I immediately recognized her. And in my head, I was kind of like, oh, like I know her. I let the other host take the lead. Mm -hmm. And I was so starstruck in that moment. I couldn't think of anything. I I was given the, the menus and said, okay, bring them over to whatever table. And... <laughs> My heart is thump, thump, thumping in my chest as I walk down and I'm like, oh, hey, watch your step over here. Okay. And I bring them to their table. There are three other tables. It's just very, very quiet. And when I finally got them to the table, I realized they had a dog with them, a small, sweet little poodle. And I was like, oh, hi, dog. Like I was fine talking to the dog, couldn't say anything to them, frozen in, in some... Something adjacent to fear, I suppose. I wish you showed her our um, 11 videos. <laughs> Somehow I don't think she would have liked that. <laughs> hey, can I show you something real quick? <laughs> so I sat them and I gave them their menus and I spent the next hour trying not to stare at them. But uh, that was a really fun experience for me because it just doesn't happen a whole lot unless I go seeking these people out and I'm with you. That's so funny because I feel like in work situations, that's when I don't get starstruck. Interesting. Like when I've been in a work situation and I have to talk to a celebrity, no matter who it is, I'm like, oh, hey, like, yeah, come this way. Like, hey, like, I'm, like it's fine. But when I'm, it's in public, I'm like, I've never seen you before in my life. Interesting. I wonder because why that. I don't know. It's It's probably because it's like, like when I see famous people in real life, I don't want to, unless I have something specific to say to them. Like, if I see Demi Lovato, I have something to tell her. I don't know. Like, if I – it's like if I have nothing to say to a stranger, I'm not going to be like, hey, love you so much. <laughs> well, on that note, do you think we should get into the episode? Would love to. This is episode five of season two. What's the title, Christy? They Ask Me Why I Believe in You. I will say the titles of the season are a little long. <laughs> So we start off with Lynette, and Lynette's really getting some good storylines this season. She's I'm having fun with her. Um, her Nina is like evil and being bad, and Lynette just keeps giving her gifts and trying to ease her, but nothing's working, and Nina just starts screaming at all her employees. And then she decides one last-ditch effort to take her out to drinks, and it looks like Saddle Ranch for a second. Did it? I didn't even notice that. It, I think it probably was Saddle Ranch, to be honest, because that was right as it should be. at the time. Lynette takes Nina drinking at probably Saddle Ranch, and <sighs> Nina's really shy about meeting men, but you know what? Lynette is not. Lynette was slay queen. Like, she, Nina picked out the <laughs> ugliest man at the bar, and Lynette was like, oh, you're going to talk to him? I'll go. And then she became Nina's full wing woman. And then the next day she came back to work in the same clothes from the night before and being really nice to everybody. 
So then we get to Susan and the inconceivable guy from Princess Bride is her booking agent named Lonnie. They go drinking where he tells her that he's leaving the agency to start his own. Uh, but turns out there's actually bad blood between him and the partners because he embezzled money from his clients and from the company. Also, one thing to take note here is that the camera pans to the news. So it's like, ooh, might be important. Also, um, this guy looks like a Lonnie. He also is Blair War- War- Blair Waldorf. Waldorf's. I'm just... I need to stop doing impressions and accents because all the time I just stop going into accents. <laughs> you forgot how to speak? Yes. Blair Waldorf's. Blair Waldorf. Why can't I say that in my own tongue? Blair Waldorf. Blair, Blair Waldorf. Blair Waldorf. <laughs> I can't believe we're doing fun with phonics on <laughs> We're Going to Tell podcast. Blair Waldorf's dad. And he looks oh. like Alani. Yeah, I really like that actor. No, it's true. My first lucid dream that I induced as an adult starred him. We were on a date. That's really weird. It's because I had watched Princess Bride that night. But that was like lucid? Yeah. Oh. Because Because in the dream, I was like on a date with inconceivable guy and my dad was off to the side and I thought, Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. This, this is like my worst nightmare. I hope this is a dream. And then I was like, Oh, it is. So we see Gabby and Carlos at the jail. Gabby shows Carlos the little ultrasound picture and they can't tell what's the head, what's the foot, what's the something in between. And then Gabby starts telling Carlos about David, the lawyer that Gabby has. And Carlos is not too pleased. He he doesn't want David representing him. I like how immediately he goes, find me a new lawyer. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. He goes, mm, absolutely not. Absolutely not. He's so demanding. Then Brie is at the precinct and they have not been able to charge her with anything because she's an innocent woman. And the way she describes Rex is really interesting because she says he's an, he was an amazing husband, an amazing father. Incorrect. A little. On all counts. Incorrect on all counts. A successful doctor. He couldn't even figure out (laughs) that he was taking the wrong medicine. But she says so successful. In fact, I have so much money and I'm so rich. I never saw that man work. He was a stupid man. He thought he was being poisoned by his wife and not the pills. Part-time cardiologist is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she really wants Rex's body. She wants, because they dug it up out of the grave. And she's like, release it to me. I don't trust you guys to put it back in the earth. Let me give him a proper service. And then they're like, all right, give her the body, I guess. Since she didn't do anything, quote unquote. But she didn't. It just, she oh, didn't. it makes me so mad. Again, I just, I really like how they're just putting her in, in still dark clothing, but not black and the bun. It's mm-hmm. such a good choice. She looks amazing, obviously. Then we've got Lynette leaving her office and Nina stops her before she can leave because guess who wants to go out again? Nina. Nina. 
she wants to get drunk and um, find another man. And it's she's like, Lynette, I can't do it without you. And Lynette's like, go with this person. She goes, no, she's competition. And Lynette's like, oh, okay. That was not very girl-supporting girls of you, Nina. Like Then Betty Applewhite gets mail for Zach Young. Who's sending him mail? He didn't have any fr- – like, he got a full package. Like, what is he getting in the mail? Right. Mail is a big motif of this episode. Yeah, because I can't imagine – I mean, I get it if it was, like, spam, but that was, like, something somebody sent to him. Unless he's sending things to himself. Getting himself a Valentine's Day gift, perhaps? <sighs> perhaps. Or something for Julie. Just sending it to himself. Julie! I don't know. Okay, so Betty Applewhite, we get Zach's mail. Then she goes to Edie and she's like, hey, can you, like, I have more of Zach's mail. I have more of yours. And then Edie's like, oh, yeah, I'll get this. This is for you. I have your mail too. Then Betty Applewhite sees on the TV that Melanie Foster, this girl in Chicago who had been killed, they found the killer. And clearly she's connected to it because she sees that and runs home. And that's when Matthew says, oh, we're in the clear. And she's like, oh, but an innocent man is taking her, taking blah, blah, blah. Right. So now we have more of a breadcrumb as to what is truly going on with the Apple Whites. Right. And then the girlies are at poker. And again, okay, Edie is still has a cast on, and I've been I trying noticed. to look it up. I've been trying to look it up because I feel like if this was her plot, it would she would have only had it for like one episode. So I think that um, Nicolette Sheridan probably broke her foot, but I can't find anything about that, and it's actually really bothering me. While they're playing poker, Bree talks about her ordeal with the police. And they're all like, no, you could never be a killer. But they're all like, "Hmm." (laughs) I don't know. And I noticed that Brie is being more open this season with her friends. Because before she would have been like, oh, I just had a great day at the grocery store. I'm cooking dinner. (laughs) But now she's like, can you believe they think I'm a murderer? That's crazy. So she's definitely opening up a lot more and becoming a little bit more free now that she's not in the grubby hands of Rex Vandekamp. That's right. We see her character development just skyrocket. And speaking of character development, the next scene is group couples therapy at the (laughs) Fairview County Jail, led by a priest, which is a crazy statement. Yeah, and it is so funny. Like, all of these couples are just, like, yapping, fighting at each other. And then they're like, Carlos and Gabby, do you have anything to add? And they're like, no, we're perfectly fine. And then they're like, okay, you keep coming here and you keep saying nothing's wrong and we know you guys are crazy. And then they start yapping, fighting about the lawyer and um, somebody else goes, and she goes, you beat your wife, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's just obvious that they're having problems. And why keep going back to couples therapy if they're not going to share. Maybe it's just so that they can hear other people and, and compare their plights. I really, I don't know. It's probably court ordered couples therapy. I guess it could be. Yep. Then we cut to Mike and Susan and Julie. And Susan is just talking about 
the deal with Lonnie and his embezzlement. And Susan's just being very, very forgiving. Like she still wants to stay loyal to Lonnie. He's been a good agent to her. And Mike is like, Susan, he committed a felony. And she's like, so did you. (laughs) (laughs) You're a felon. And Mike says that she needs to be able to trust her agent. And you know what? He's made a good point. But Mike also is like, if somebody ever did that to me, I, I trust my people. Don't break my trust. I love gotta go on, Gotta go on a plumbing job. Bye. And <laughs> then, so he leaves and Susan's freaking out because she's like, then she goes, Julie, I it's <laughs> She literally said the line. I I did a bad thing. She said, I did a bad thing. I lost my mind. Yup, those were her exact words. I did a bad thing. (laughs) So you know what? You know what? My impression aged very well. It still didn't. But um Maybe you could have written for Susan. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'll take that. Yeah. Um, And Julie's like, again, ugh, what now, mom? And Susan's like, I saw Zach and I haven't told Mike. And then Susan goes, Julie just goes, it's okay. You were probably trying to protect me. Yeah, it's really sweet that Julie was able to intuit what Susan's motives were. But all the same, it's a, it's a very dicey situation with Susan once again uh, withholding information from Mike that is going to end up getting her in trouble. Especially because she could have just said, oh my God, I saw Zach and he told me he's going to a Utah and that's it. She'd be like, I a tried Utah. to get him to come back with me. A Utah. We love Salt Lake City. (laughs) My only note for the next scene is that Nina... Nina. ...wants to go out again. No, she's like, please, please get drinks with me. And Lynette's like, I have children to take care of. And Nina's like... And then she starts threatening to take her off accounts. And she goes, oh, well, if you have to see your kids so badly, then you don't have to work on this, 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 and this. And uh, that's bad. Yeah, she's wrong for that. Although I will say the character of Nina overall is growing on me, as I anticipated she would. A little. But again, I still feel like Nina and um, what's his name? Stan? Stu. Stu. Nina, Stu, and The Office. Like it, the, Every time I see Lynette there, it feels like... <laughs> We're about to just, like, see Lynette be like, hey, Stu, hey, Nina, I'm calling in sick today. I got, I'll see you tomorrow. And then we're just going to get, like, a Nina Stu backdoor pilot of just the antics of the office. Right. It it really is a pocket dimension. It is. Like, it feels like a different show to me when I see that. But it's not, it's one thing when I see, like, Nina at the bar at, like, possibly Saddle Ranch. That, fine. That's Desperate Housewives. But specifically in... (laughs) The confines of that blue office. Right. That's a different show. Right. <laughs> that is Stu's world. Stu's world. Yes, Stu's when world. I wrote it down, it was Stu's place, but actually Stu's I think place. Stu's I world sounds better. <laughs> it was Stu's place. La 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 la. La 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 la. Stu's world. Oh my god. Corey from Boy Meets World 
Ben Savage. He's running for Congress. Yes. I was driving up the canyon yesterday and I saw Ben Savage for Congress and I was like, come on. He tried to run for like West Hollywood commissioner and didn't get it. So now he's going for Congress. I remember that because I was walking from, (laughs) I was walking from um, the Academy Museum back to Studio City one day. No, you didn't do that. I I started the walk. I ultimately ended up calling a car, but I I did start With your dad? No, uh, this was in 2022. The Academy Museum? Yeah. The Academy Museum is in West Hollywood. I'm aware. Yep. (laughs) When were you there? Okay, just, just, (laughs) please explain this. (laughs) When I was there last year for the sketch show, I guess I had some free time because I remember being over by the Academy Museum and then I was going to walk back towards you and I stopped to get a little drink it was extremely hot about 105 degrees and I saw on somebody's front lawn a a Ben Savage endorsement poster there's a lot going on here because first of all (laughs) I love Boy Meets World I can't believe anybody endorsed Ben Savage Ben Savage um like come on I know more actors in the White House right unless it's Kim Kardashian for court justice, for Supreme Court justice. Um, I could see that I, at the rate we're going, I just wouldn't be surprised. What made you think that you could walk from like the Grove to Studio City? Actually, I know somebody who's done it, who's walked from Burbank to the Grove, but they weren't walked along like the freeway. Are you saying that I can't walk it or I shouldn't walk it? I think a little bit of both because... <laughs> You refuse to walk around Manhattan. Correct. But for some reason, when you're in LA, you love walking. I, I need and to it turn doesn't, it doesn't really make any sense. I'm turning it into a walkable city. But like you live in the most walkable city in America and you refuse to walk. That is correct. But when you come to LA, it's imperative that you walk. Like remember when you walked from Studio City to Burbank? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. That was so crazy of you to do. But the thing is, it was the same. But here's the thing. It is the same distance from my apartment in New York City to yours. And every time I would say, I'm walking to your apartment. I'll see you in an hour. You go, I can't believe you're walking in in Manhattan. But you walked <laughs> an unsafe walk. <laughs> Oh, okay. So because it was unsafe, because it was because it's not fit for walking, and there's homeless people. That sounds like a stereotype. Listen, just because they're homeless doesn't mean they're dangerous. You don't know the L.A. homeless. I actually believe the correct terminology is unhoused. Okay. <laughs> Give it 10 years. You can't say unhoused anymore. <laughs> That's so funny. The term is house free. <laughs> house free is crazy. <laughs> that's a, wait, that's wait. a home free. Home fries <laughs> for the home free at McDonald's. <laughs> so... Then Betty goes down to her little criminal in the basement. (laughs) 
good tie-in. Good tie-in. And she's like talking to him, whatever. And she wrote a letter that said, "Hey, you got the wrong guy." So she goes back upstairs and she tells Matthew, "I'm going to send this. Like, we can't let somebody go to prison um, for nothing." And Matthew's like. Matthew said, okay, this actually made me really sad because Matthew, because in the whole thing, Caleb, who now we learned his name, like escapes from the little thing and he's coming up the stairs and Matthew says, they won't care how slow Caleb is. They'll just execute him. And then we see a shot of Caleb's face in the stairwell. That was heartbreaking. And he was giving like homeless cat. Like he was sad. It was really sad. Houseless cat. Houseless cat. No, the unhoused cat. And he just like looked and he heard that. And like his face changes. And we just don't, we don't know this character. We have no ties to him yet. But I, my heart dropped a little. I was so sad. Then he like does, he just goes back downstairs and shuts the door in his little prison. And it just like. No, it's actually really sad. It actually hurt me a little. I was really sad. And I've seen this so many times and I've never paid attention because the whole time I was like, where's Mike? Where's Mike? Where's Mike? Where's Mike? Where's Mike? Where's Mike? But now I'm like, oh, my heart. We need to get Caleb on the pod because that just that one expression. I was like, Emmy winning, Emmy winning award. Absolutely. Susan then goes to visit Lonnie to give him the contract that she's signed because she's made the decision to follow him to his new agency. Uh, she learns the truth about what is going on in his world. He doesn't have electricity. His wife and kids are not there. His home is basically bare. And Susan is, I think, I think she's really starting to understand the red flags of this person. Lonnie snatches the contract from her hand. He starts running away. She jumps on top of him. They start wrestling and he goes, get off me, you Amazon, which I found <laughs> hysterical because susan is like maybe five two (laughs) um i just loved how she was like lonnie did you steal my money and he goes no she goes lonnie tell me the truth he's like okay but you're the first person i paid back and i don't know we've just never met him but you can you can really feel their dynamic I know. I love him. And I think part of it it. too is just like recognizing this actor from so many other projects and liking him as an actor. But there was a sympathy that I had. I I had a lot of sympathy for a bunch of the characters in this episode. Same, same. Um, Then we cut to Gabby doing yoga on the porch. I love it when she does that. It's just so funny to me. Um, And then the lawyer comes to visit and she's like, you can't just show up like that. And then we cut them in the kitchen and she is in an iconic Juicy Couture sweatsuit. Very, very of the times. And she's like, we have to get um, Carlos to trust you because it's just, I don't want to hire anybody else. And as he's like, just half paying attention, just going through her wine and all of her cabinets. And we go right back to Susan after that. And she's talking to Lonnie. They've sort of cooled down and he is honest with her tells her what's going on and susan says that he's lost her as a client but not as a friend and it's this really nice tender moment until he goes in for a kiss oh my god stop this is such a testament to the female experience yes it's like she was just trying to be a friend to a man she knows who was like a father figure to her yeah. And she was like, Lonnie, ew, and then ran out the door. But also it made me sad that, like, this character kind of always plays, like, the gross character like that. And it just, like, 
made me a little sad. I had a I lot know. of I hope he's doing sympathy well. this episode. I know, me too. Like he's just been typecasted. That's like gross little hobbit. Oh, wait, I that's know. really sad. I know, I know. But he's still an icon. If Mike was her was her agent and he kissed her, she'd be like, finally. No, exactly. So, You're so right. You're like, so right. Stop typecasting Lonnie. Justice for Lonnie. Justice for Lonnie, guys. I actually cannot remember the actor's name, but justice for him. And Blake Blair Wall. Why can't I say Blair Waldorf in an American accent? Blake Wall. Blair Waldorf. Not- I can only say Blair Waldorf. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> then we randomly cut to a Chicago police department. And it's these two random cops. And the girl cop goes, we got a letter saying we got the wrong guy. And the male cop goes, we've been getting a lot of those. And she goes, no, this one knows about the axe. And they go, I don't think I had that scene. You did. I didn't have that scene in mind. You did. (laughs) You did. So then Brie goes to get Rex. (laughs) And she's surprised to see the detective show up. And he is not a good man. But he's playing good cop. He's playing good cop, but we know that we know he's not a good guy. Mm -hmm. And he is trying to get Brie to basically admit that she poisoned Rex, which we know she didn't. And he thinks that this is the case because of the note. So he shows her the note. He's like, oh, the doctor thought Rex was being poisoned. Brie is upset and just appalled beyond belief. And I don't know, I just felt like he was really trying to like break her down, like gaslighting her. But what frustrated me here is that she still is trying to remain so cold and calm and that in this situation just doesn't look good right like she it makes you look like a sociopath if people right. are thinking this so instead of being like are you kidding me blah blah she just goes oh, if you excuse me i have somewhere to be and then she just angrily pushes out rex's right. um body out of the door and it's like okay well mm, you're not making yourself look good even though you're an innocent she's just like paul doesn't know how to make herself look innocent then we're back at the jail. And here's the problem. My only note for this scene, there was so much more going on, but Carlos told Gabby to shut it. And I did not like that very much. Oh my God. I didn't even notice that because there oh, was so yeah. much else going on. But basically the lawyer is like, here's the deal. I want to help you. And Gabby's like, he does not want to sleep with me. And he goes, yeah, I do. And she goes, kidding me she goes no he's crazy he's crazy and then it's a lot of reverse psychology because the lawyer's like oh my god i would love to i want to take her here i want to take her there i want to fly her here but i would get disbarred if i had an affair with a client's wife which i don't think is true as we saw in his montage in the last episode yeah so he's like i would just simply she is not worth losing my license about and then he just gets up and walks away he goes all right i'll see you tomorrow like leaves and then gabby obviously had no idea that this was the plan so she just goes oh my god i'm so sorry that guy is crazy i'll find us another lawyer but it fully worked for carlos because then he's like he it was so his delivery was so funny he goes 
you just can't wait, can you? Because now he thinks <laughs> that she's trying to not have him be the lawyer so they can have an affair. He's like, and then he just goes, he's my lawyer. And that's all there is to it. I don't know why that made me laugh so hard, but I had to rewind it three times. Like Carlos saying literally nothing in the scene and then just going, he's my lawyer. Ricardo Chivira made me giggle. Then Nina is going crazy on Lynette. Oh, I felt so bad for Lynette in this scene because Nina is like forcing her to stay out and party and Lynette does not want to be there. She wants to go help her sons with their science project. And then this guy comes up to Lynette and he's coming on to her and she's like, oh, get away from me. I'm married. The guy is married too, but he doesn't care. And then he's like, come on, you're a regular here. I've seen you here every night this week. That was crazy. Yup. Me at Jax's. Yup. <laughs> and Lynette goes, she's like, oh my God, that's like low key embarrassing. Yup. So like again, re- reverse psychology. So she goes in the bathroom, strips off all her clothes and just comes in with like just her little vest and nothing else. And I was like, Go off, Lynette. I love this. Yeah, she's eating. She ate down. She ate she down. She was eating no crumbs. She yeah. is the opposite of allergic to serving. She served on a silver platter. No, she was amazing. And she played into it fully. She was taking shots with everybody. She's dancing on the bar. Like, she fully leaned into it. And then Nina was, like, in the back, like, oh, man. And then she'll just never ask Lynette to hang out over again. And that's exactly what Paris Hilton says. If you do something badly so nobody asks you to do it ever again. I feel like that's your mantra. (laughs) Me and sound class in 2016. (gasps) Then we get to Rex's ceremony. And I have that in air quotes. Um, The girls have showed up to support Brie. And I was wondering if this is the world's worst green screen. Uh, Only Brie looks green screened in. Okay, I couldn't figure this out because Brie, so at first they're all together at the, um, like Brie meets all the girls, they're at the plot, and she goes, come on, I never want him, I want his body far away, we're moving him away from the family crypt, and they're all walking together, but then the scene changes, and we just have a shot of the girls, right, and then a shot of Brie, but when she's like going on, I gave him the best years of my life, ah! like, having an emmy winning performance yeah she's losing her mind she's eating yeah fully losing her mind we never see a shot of them all together it's just back and forth so i i think they probably rewrote this scene and reshot it um this definitely seems like a very quick reshoot so maybe it was something completely different before but oh. i feel like we should i feel like we should dm marsha because i really want to know what happened Yeah, I would love to know. I noticed that too, but then I was confused because in the next part of the scene, they were all together. So I was like, it it wasn't that they weren't together. I think they they did film together that day, but they must have rewrote whatever Brie was saying. And then it's just easier to reshoot on a green screen. But it was very obvious, but it wasn't obvious to me the first 10 times I watched this never right right it it was good quality for the time but it's so obviously green screen now yeah but i want to know why oh my god do you think we can find this clip on youtube or something and send it to marcia and be like can you yes i think so story behind this okay 
Yes. We'll get an and answer we, for you next week, guys. The big moment of this whole scene is when she takes off her wedding ring and throws it into the ground as Rex is being put in. That was, oh my God. I feel like that was so symbolic to her. It was. And just, it kind of wraps up the Brie Rex storyline so she can just move on faster. We'll probably see her in brighter colors next week. I I sure hope we do. And Christy, why don't you give us that last shot of the whole show? So we have a little montage of Lynette coming home and a bunch of other stuff. I never I never write down what happens in the montages, you guys. I'm sorry. Um, but then the final shot, <gasps> we get back to the young family mail and somebody picks it up, slices it open, and Paul Young returns. Finally. Finally, the Messiah is back. <laughs> Happy That's Easter, funny. everyone. He has risen. Happy Easter is crazy. Today is Ash Wednesday. Today is the start of Lent. <laughs> You're a little ahead of the game. But yes, I knew that you would be so glad to see Paul back again. I was too, of course. And it was a nice surprise. I was so happy because I don't remember what happens when he comes back at all. So Yeah, he didn't have to say anything. Just his presence was perfect. So Come, Holy Spirit, we need you. Well, guys, that is our episode. Okay, guys. Just house rules. Um, we didn't realize that people were actually subscribed to our Facebook group. So we're going to relink that and we'll put more stuff up there <laughs> so we can all chat about the show. Last time I looked at it, there was three, um, like maybe us and like two other people. And then I just randomly looked and we had a lot of viewers or <laughs> a lot of members. So subscribe to that we'll put it in the show notes also guys i got you a discount to a really good shower head which i will do a little ad for on instagram please buy our merch and <laughs> please please please, please. follow us on tiktok and instagram at we are going to tell we will be more on time starting next week i promise um i just it's all my fault truly anyway Thank you for listening. And once again, this has been We Know What You Did. It makes us sick. We're going to tell. Y'all come back now. You yeah, hair. <laughs> <laughs>